Hey everyone, I'm Sina Hagiha and welcome to First Serve. The path to live a fulfilled and abundant life is to learn, grow and serve and that is what this podcast is all about. We will have guests on the show who are utilising their skills to make a positive impact to our world. Together we can gain a lot of insights, expand our knowledge and apply our learnings to serve others to the best of our abilities. This episode was recorded towards the end of 2020. Today I have the pleasure of talking to two people who I've known for a couple of years now. They are the founding members of the Tech Allies Network, a community that is dedicated to providing students and young professionals with the opportunity to expand their knowledge and enhance their employability skills through various initiatives such as the Cross Industry Academy, Summer Institute, Finding True North, school outreaches, and university masterclasses. They are bridging the gap between university and the workplace, whilst also creating an environment for continuing professional development. In a period where we have been deprived from face-to-face interactions, they were able to adapt and deliver their initiatives digitally. John and Ryan, welcome to the First Serve podcast. Thank you for having us, Sina. Yeah, thanks for having us. No worries. I'm really excited to have you on. To be honest, this is our first first serve three-way and these are always quite difficult to arrange. I know we've been trying to arrange it for a while, but with three people, it makes it even more difficult. But let's see how it goes and let's see if we can avoid talking over each other. It was hard enough just to get into John's schedule. So thank you, John, for gracing us with your presence today. I mean, that's all right. I've had to take holiday, especially for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really appreciate it, guys. So to begin with, I want to know more about what the Tech Allies Network is and how it all started. So I can start with this. Uh, there's a lot to cover, so let me try and keep it short. Uh, the headline is the Tech Allies Network is the home for a techie CPD, so continued professional development for tech enthusiasts. It really started from this notion of how do we, uh, as a group of industry professionals, help to close that digital skills gap? So how can we work with, say, schools and universities and the the future talent of tech to get them upskilled and then and really introduce them to the world of technology and how varied it can be? And then we've kind of expanded on that as a starting point to then look at, you know, it doesn't just end once you've got a job and you've, you know, you've graduated and you're in the first couple of years of your career. You actually have to stay up to date with the latest going on in tech. Um, and in particular, you know, meeting people and networking, but equally learning from other industries. So the Tech Allies Network is really a place where people from different industries can come together who are interested in technology. The story of how it came about uh, I feel like we have a couple different versions of it. John, I don't know your take on how we came about, but I remember many dinners that we used to have in like South Bank where we were discussing loads of ideas. Um, but I think the first started with a mentoring kind of program. I think you have a different view from what I have of that mentoring program. Do you want to start with your experience? How did this all come about? So. Well, with the mentoring program, I think we observed that maybe when 
this is when we're kind of thinking about working directly just with students and maybe less about tech professionals was it's really beneficial to have a mentor in your career and when you're into your kind of post-university days and working in companies for the first time lots of opportunity to have mentorships and we felt that whilst that was really great and you could really understand the benefits of having a mentor once you started work did students understand the benefits of having uh, mentors and could we as you know professionals wanting to give back and support students could we offer a mentorship program i think that was the first thing we started to try and do was building a, a tech industry mentoring program where we would offer our time to work with students um, and provide them mentorship and i think I wouldn't say it was a failure, um, but we learned a lot from it about how to engage students and it wasn't the biggest uh, uptake of success. I think we probably had two uh, mentoring sessions and yeah, it didn't really go much further than that, but it did help us understand how to engage with students at student events and try and craft a products or try and craft um, things that we wanted to work on with students uh, to help them form the future of some of the things we now do in the Tech Alice, um network. So two things come to mind when I think about the mentoring program is first, uh, it was when myself, John, and another guy called Christian, before this event, which was a student event, I was we had spoken about it over on email about let's try and do this mentoring program. And then five minutes before we were about to go on stage, we met up and said, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and we had no planning at all, really, in terms of what we were going to say. Uh, and we, you know, actually didn't go that bad. We went up, we spoke about the whole concept of what we were trying to do, connecting students with graduates. So that was my first thing that comes to mind is the fact that I, I said to John, John, can you say this? Does this sound okay? And it was like five minutes before actually talking. Uh, and then another thing, to John's point that we found that it didn't quite fulfill a need in the right way. And I think the whole way we've built the network is I'm, I'm plugging a book here, but if you've read at the Lean Startup, we've kind of had to pivot and persevere when we've we've assumed stuff. So we assumed that students would want connecting to industry professionals and really drive a mentoring relationship. In reality, the way that we were forming it, it didn't really work. And that led us on to some other programs which worked really well. And that's how we've navigated the network um, into these new initiatives. And interestingly, actually, I think we'll probably get on to a bit about some of the other initiatives, but just reflecting a bit as we're talking there, we now almost kind of offer mentoring through the various other initiatives that we have. So, you know, with our with our kind of summer institute program, there's ample opportunity to offer advice, mentorship, guidance to, to the students through our True North, the same, um, and through, uh, you know, the Cross Industry Academy, where we've had some students attend to that. The the kind of connections that we can make and the opportunities to offer mentorship type kind of you know things has been there but not uh not a direct mentorship program in many years what i want to know is what what is your purpose behind the tech allies network why did you want to start this up in the first phase because what i'm really impressed with is like with both of you your willingness and enthusiasm to like serve the community especially straight out of university and even whilst at university I think it's quite rare for people at that level in their career to to really focus on others and 
giving back to others where normally you're normally thinking about yourself at that stage in your career so what encouraged you to to set up this network in the first place so i think just to give some background to really understand how it all came about is there's a degree program that both john and i had done uh called tech partnership degrees it's all about industry-led degrees um so you come out from a degree with all the skills you need for industry uh, we both went actually sinner as well you did it as well we all went through to three different universities but did a very similar degree and there's this really cool community for students who would meet every kind of twice a year at these key events with employers and there's such this amazing feeling of community as a student that i guess for me personally coming away from that i was going well actually what happens after you graduate and that's where I got put in touch with John and some other alumni like yourself, Sinner, as well. And we went, well, actually, how do we look at trying to do something along the lines of an alumni network? Uh, and that's kind of where it started. And then later on, you know, formally, the Tech Allies Network formed in November 2017. And that was when we went, actually, we don't want to keep it to just a restricted group of alumni or particular students on this particular degree, we want to take it far uh, broader to a wider audience of people from any background, anyone who's interested in tech, whether you're a degree student or someone in school doing GCSEs or A-levels or college or whatever you're doing, we want to take it far broader. And that's why we kind of pivoted to a new format, which was the Tech Allies Network. I'm quite interested to hear about John's experience of like why you wanted to be involved. Yeah. Well, I think, why did I want to be involved? Um, um, it probably stems down to you know, building on a little bit what you said there, Ryan, about you know wanting to maintain that community, wanting to uh, find opportunity to continue to meet with professionals and, and students, etc. I think also I've always been quite a firm advocate just for the development of others and the development of, of young, you know, early talent who, who are kind of leaving university or during university. So for me, it was a probably around the time that I was also starting to transition towards a role in which I was going to be a hiring manager. It was a really good opportunity for me to think about, you know, how I could build my own skills in networking, developing others, meeting others, building knowledge in others, and maintain a community and also network, which is something that's never naturally been kind of a, a thing that I've excelled at. And then also find a good opportunities to connect with, continue to connect with, you know, students, um, early graduates, um, and other professionals as I expand you know, um, my, my team. So really, it was a, it was a, yeah, get involved, maintain my community uh, connection to to the tech industry, and and start to form new connections. Did any part of you think that maybe when I was a student that I would have liked to see some engagement from? recent graduates so i'm going to provide that for current students it's a good point actually maybe you haven't really thought about it right now but if you're thinking about it now so if i think about it now and i put myself back in the minds of those events you know where we events for university where we had an opportunity to meet employers and where we've had yeah i guess a lot of the the level upon which you got to engage with employers at universities with the uh, uh, kind of student events that at least we had access to were either 
the people teams from those companies coming to talk about, you know, come and work for company X or normally senior, quite senior management um, who've gone through their career. And all, all that was really interesting to hear about, you know, so-and-so from somebody, you know, who who is now, you know, some CTO of, you know, somewhere um, and how they got to that position. It wasn't tangibly linked to kind of where you were right now. So I think one of the things that kind of maybe inspires a lot of how we have structured at least some of the programs that we have at the Tech uh, Tech Allies Network is, you know, the majority of the, commi- the committee are all in their first um, I think maybe bar myself in their first kind of, uh, you know, and if you're obviously kind of in their first one to five years of of career, and therefore it's really tangible um, to meet you know, people when you're in your second or third or final, you know, final years of university, people who are just who have just recently completed that. And I think back now, what would have I'd found most valuable would have been to have talked to recent graduates who've gone through placement schemes and have gone through graduate schemes. Um, yeah, so yeah, that would have I think put myself back in my first year of university shoes that was definitely something I think would have been much more beneficial to have had access to yeah for sure Ryan what are your thoughts on that so I think the first of all when I think about the whole community feeling and sense of being part of a community when I joined to do my undergrad at Queen Mary there wasn't any graduates who had done this specific course beforehand we were the first year so I really like the idea of going in and setting up a community so that no one else afterwards would feel that kind of anguish of, I don't have anyone to talk to who's done the course. So I loved setting up that community at university as a first year. It took a while. I remember when I moved to second year, I was like, yes, a new cohort of students. We're going to have a bigger community. And it didn't quite work it you know it wasn't that big sort of moment I thought it would be but then by the time I got to my third year there was another cohort and that's when it really hit me that we've really built a really interesting community here where we're all helping each other and quite a number of those people have now become committee members of the Tech Allies Network so it's really cool to see how a community forms over years and through different introductions to different people like I've never if it wasn't for the Tech Allies Network, I wouldn't have known yourself, Sinner, or John. There's so many things that wouldn't have happened. And I think maybe going a bit deeper now um, into the reason why I like communities is because I've really struggled when I was younger, like feeling part of a community. And I was thinking about this today. It could be the fact that, you know, I'm I'm mixed race and I could never like fit in with either halves because I wasn't, you know fully this or fully that so the fact when I got to university I was like well if I can't find a community that I naturally fit into I'm just going to create one and I think that's something which I think a lot of people should do like if you it's that sort of thing if like something's not there then start it yourself Mm -hmm. yeah don't just wait for it to to appear yeah yeah absolutely and I and I think um, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a bit more about kind of how how the network's evolved over time. But one of the things that I think we've nailed quite well now is a, a good sense of 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 community. Um, you know, when we have our, our quarterly committee meetings, you know, talking about what we're going to do next, what, you know, where do we want to invest our time, uh, what do we think is the most impactful thing for us to increase our, you know, our reach to students or, or to other tech professionals is are those committee meetings, you know, because that's a really nice coming together of a group of people. 
you know, and us sharing ideas and seeing how we've, you know, each of us has focused on particular areas of our careers over the, the past quarter. Um, and then what, what can we learn from each other? And I think, I think kind of community, community learning, sharing of skills, you know, is you know, going back to the question about, you know, what, what, why did I want to be kind of, you know, part of kind of founding the, the, the Tech Eyes Network was very much that opportunity to have that, that community around us. And I think it's also the work you're doing is, is kind of like, selfless service where you know at the moment you're not really getting any financial gain from it the tackle network doesn't make any money and i know ryan you've taken the time out to design the website yourself and even contribute towards you know some of the costs around that so the fact that you know you're investing your time and even your own money to to support others in this way is just i think incredible we, we've we've talked about uh, the product manager in me has talked about you know, how do we monetize this should, should we monetize this you know is there a longer term vision that, you know to, to take this fully to beyond the market now i think if we turned it into personally i think if we turned it into a in a, into a monetized business the enjoyment for me would would dissipate you know we put our time we put you know our efforts into creating this opportunities for students and for tech professionals to communicate to collaborate to communicate to, to build communities to learn because it's actually as much a learning experience for us as it is for the, the people that we get to come on you know on our on our events or on our on our meetups or on, on our programs um and whilst you know sometimes it's harder to find the time and it's become more increasingly harder to find the time and the more senior some of us have, have, have gotten it it's it's been you, the reward is is the satisfaction of seeing you know the students at the end of a program go that was an amazing week that was an amazing two weeks that's really changed changed how I perceive the tech industry that's really changed how I thought about work I've built confidence I've learned something new and yeah I think I think it may feel selfless um I, I don't I don't I think it, I don't think it is that I think it's you know the the enjoyment that 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 we want to offer and you know, pass on our experiences because we've all benefited in our time, you know, building our careers through through the support and you know guidance of others. Um, it's nice to be able to return that. I think. I think to that point, I've spoken to a few of our charity partners before about what we're doing, and like some of them have said, like, hopefully I'm not overstepping here, but I can see exactly how you can get a sponsor here to cover the costs for this and that. But I think to John's point, like we we're not after it to make any money on it I, i'm a big believer that a lot of this stuff should be free to help you know there shouldn't be barriers to education when it comes to access to knowledge access to people there already is so many barriers in the world that if we can help by just saying you know here's a program that we're creating there's there's no cost to the person say the student or there's minimal cost to the student it may be just traveling why not do that? And I'm a big believer that you've got to give to receive and you need to teach to learn. So like you said about giving up some time to like build the website, I've enjoyed that immensely because at the moment uh, we're rebuilding it. So another committee member called David is like teaching me an, uh, some new programming language to rebuild the, the website. And I'm learning an awful lot from him I think he's learning a lot because he's teaching me and it's reaffirming his own knowledge. And the byproduct of this is that we, we have a new website. So like everyone's gaining something out of it. And I think as soon as you 
turn it into a job or anything like that you lose a bit of the excitement or at least i do if someone said ryan this is your job you have to do this and you have to meet these kpis like you'll lose me like i won't be interested in it anymore because it's not coming from like inside of like my own this is what i want to do because i enjoy it yeah i'd um i'd i'd completely agree i think um yeah, you know, the, the the question rattles around in the back of my head sometimes. You know, could we achieve more? Could we reach more students if we, you know, could we reach more professionals if we, you know, we had access to, you know, beyond our own our own funds and things like finding event spaces and stuff. You know, we've we've relied on the goodwill of our either our employers or, um, you know, shout out to WeWork for the the free event space. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, and I think as we think about the future and the, the future future of working, you know, a lot of our things can get can go can go online, um, which is you know cost 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 neutral really. But at the same time, you know, to everything we've just said here about you know it's about putting in the, the amount of time we want to put in. We put in as much as, as we get out, and I think you know right now not having uh, you know any funding beyond the, our own time hasn't hindered us in in reaching um, you know the, the audiences and, and and building the connections and sharing the learning that we want to do. I think just to maybe bring it to life for anyone, we, be, we can all talk about Tech Allies Network very easily because we know what we do. Um, but for anyone who's kind of going, you know, what is it that we actually do? There's a few key programs, which we'll dive into a bit later, uh, that really stand out. So like the first one that really, I think, hit the mark was Summer Institute, which essentially is a program for when we originally started first year university students. We did open it up this year because of COVID to more students um, but that was looking at you know as a student you can maybe only experience one or two industries via insights or internships before you graduate and have to decide what you want to do for the rest of your career i'm joking not for the rest of your career we're, we're not like that now um, so we decided you know how do we give students an experience of say three or four or five different industries but the common denominator is technology and that's where we hit the nail on the head when it came to cross-industry knowledge. That was for students. Then we decided to take it to professionals. And that's where we launched Cross-Industry Academy, which was, you know, let's take four different industries, four different companies to host us. And let's connect all these higher potential talent from different companies who would never normally meet. Let's get them into a room and talk about how digital technology is disrupting their particular industry. Um, because there's a lot that can be learned from another industry that you can then apply to your own. And then this summer, we kind of accidentally created this new uh, Finding True North web series, where the way that that started was essentially we would do a couple workshops with different schools, and COVID came, we couldn't go into the schools physically. You know, people didn't have access to, you know, career professionals to hear about their journeys. Um, into the world of work or hear about a new industry or a new type of job role. So we thought, well, let's just take it digital. So we did every week for four months, we were joined by a guest who had shared their experience, their life lessons, any pivotal moments that have helped shape their careers. And they're probably three of the big programs that I would call out that the network's done. Hopefully that gives a bit of context to what we're doing. I think finding True North was a really good way of showing how we can adapt to the environment. I was really impressed when I saw you start that up at such short notice and how you managed to gain an audience. And for anyone listening, if you want to check it out, 
just type in Finding True North in, in YouTube and you'll find the series of recordings or live streams there. I was just going to say Finding True North, the shining star of that was actually our committee member, Olivia, who we'll talk to a bit later. But Olivia really just took the idea and came up with this. She put in an awful amount of energy and time and just creativity in bringing this series to life. And that's why I'm just so inspired by our committee members who will just take something and run with it. And I'm like, great, sure, whatever I can do to help. Like, if you want to use our YouTube channel, that's great. We'll live stream it from there. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to call out Olivia there for finding True North. Uh, definitely. And then going back to Summer Institute, I think the experience you give students to gain an insight into different industries is really good. But then on top of that, because it's so difficult for students to to get internships, especially in their first years, I think what that program offers is is kind of two benefits one you get to experience different areas different businesses and also you're giving students the opportunity to actually do something over their summer and make the most use out of their summer so yeah i think i think of all the programs that we that we that we offer the, the summer institute is is probably one of my my favorite and i think it's also one that you know the whole purpose of Summer Institute, as, as Ryan kind of touched on, is that we offer students you know, a period of time insight into a whole number of different industries wrapped around you know, tech being the key theme. And it's kind of hyper inclusive to not just tech students, it's to anybody who has a passion and interest in technology. So we've had um, you know, students who are studying architecture, we've had students that are studying kind of you know, accounting, you know, anyone who's kind of interested in technologies that has been able to apply to this programme. And we've wrapped it around the, the, the concept of running a design sprint um, over a period of time. So students get the, to get the idea of joining the beginning of a design sprint and forming ideas, proving those ideas, engaging, interviewing kind of, you know, customers of, of their product ideas, building this out. And then at the end, presenting back um, you know, a proposal for a new product to meet a particular need alongside getting to go in and meet all of um, different companies um, and learn from different 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 industry professionals around, around the theme of ideation and developing developing new products and the first year we ran it I think we did it in over three weeks three deep dives into into three companies and at the end of it I think the students loved it we were all exhausted so the next year we shortened it and we said right how do we do this? How do we offer more in less time, but still develop, give students the ability to understand, learn about technology and learn about design sprints? We did it in two weeks. Two weeks, I think five companies. And that was, again, really, really successful. Students loved it. We were less tired. This year, global pandemic, who knew? We had to take everything online. And actually, I think as much as I'm super excited about you know, eventually, hopefully being able to go back into offices and invite students into offices, taking it online, broadened our reach you know i think we can now officially say it was a global program we've had you know students outside of the the uk um uh which is uh amazing and we've we still did a design sprint a true design sprint this time because it was a week long um and access to oh, seven or eight different companies you know so the students got a huge insight into how to 
uh, you know, how to develop new product ideas fitting a particular market need um, and learn, you know, from CV sessions and from really deep insight into how loads of different industries work and all the challenges those industries are currently facing whilst all being remote. You know, and our engagement feedback after, again, this year was, you know, just as strong and positive as, as the last year's. And what was also really nice to see this year is there's kind of that, there's some organic kind of sharing of the success of these programs so we saw just as we launched the advertising you know on, on our linkedin channel and you know saying hey sign up this year's uh summer institute is open students from the past two co co cohorts were also you know completely unprompted from us going sign up it's an amazing program you're going to learn about this this and this it's changed my approach to thinking about technology etc 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 so i think it's probably the first time as well that we felt there's like a really true momentum happening with you know the students that we've reached and you know all about kind of stepping back to our vision of you know being you know home of continued uh, career development and you know and acts you know, providing you know access to technology to, to all i think i think we're really achieving it now and as i said the summer institute is probably my, my favorite thing of all the things that we do. I think I would agree with what John said, like every year it's, it is exhausting trying to run this program and put it all together. Because bear in mind, every single committee member who's, who's helping also has a full-time job on the side, as well as lots of other things. And well, I, I actually was worried this year when we were taking it virtual, because I've always said for the previous two years that we ran it, that, you know, it's physical, it was always the best part of my year because I had this massive sense of uh, accomplishment and buzz from seeing these students develop in person over, you know, two, three weeks. And I was a bit nervous when I was like, will I still feel the same after doing this virtually? And if anything, they this is probably one of my favourite years of running it because we really saw people's creativity come out through the different initiatives that we did. Like we did daily challenges uh, alongside the design sprint. So we really saw people um, not only be creative, but also really vulnerable in sharing the, their full selves in this program. And I was just blown away this year with taking it virtual. And I think it links us back to, you know, what is the vision for, you know, the network uh, and what we're doing and as I said before we are quite agile in terms of you know pivoting when we uh, I know agile is a buzzword and so it's pivoting persevering um, but like we are and I think we're at a stage where actually we're going to be looking through our what we offer and going actually how do we do it in this new world because we're not going to be meeting up physically for a bit at least not this year if you're in London and I think most of the world as well uh, and that's where Typically, a lot of our connections came from meeting up with people physically. Um, and then you can say, let's take it digital. But I don't know about you, but I'm suffering digital fatigue. There's too much digital stuff. I'm being really picky about what I engage with. So I haven't got the answer yet. And that's something that we'll decide as a committee. Uh, but we also like to hear from our audience, so students and other professionals, to say, what is it that you want? Uh, is there a gap? Can we help in any way? So a lot TBC at the moment with what's coming up sort of in 2021. We're taking a little bit of a break. After four months of live streaming, I'm very happy to take uh, a month off or two. But just going back to Summer Institute, you mentioned digital versus in-person and physical. So did you feel that there was more engagement and openness through the digital channel rather than the physical channel 
if you were to compare the two, how they went this year compared to last year, what were your key learnings from that? So I think, was there more or less engagement? We had significantly more applicants this year, significantly more. Now, I think that was a compounding effect of, A, we had good organic uh, you know, endorsement of the of the programs. B, what else is there naturally to do <laughs> over the summer? Um, and C, how much more accessible it was being online. Um, whereas, you know, the past couple of programs, we've asked both the students to give, you know, invest three, you know, two to three weeks of their time in the summer in, in London. And unfortunately, we weren't able to fund it. So, um, you know, their their travel, their accommodation, if they if they had to, because we, we, we tried to be as broad as we could across the UK, was self-funded. And that's quite an ask for a student. So I think, yeah, it was much more accessible being completely digital this year. In terms of then engagement during the Institute, my, my I didn't have as much opportunity this year to, to engage fully due to kind of work and, and, and holiday commitments. However, you know, the sessions that I did take part in you know, in talking students through user story mapping and, and how to understand and build kind of iterations of, of features for, for a product. Actually, it was it was great. It worked really well. We used Mural, you know, shout out to digital whiteboard tools. And the questions we got from the students actually, I think, were much more deep and kind of um, well-rounded. And um, there were way more questions because I think anybody that may be nervous to put their hand up in a room, you know, that barrier of of nervousness, you know, goes away. I think when you're the other side of a screen, and I think you know we had we used Slack. I think this year for the first time, and the students were kind of all over that. And you know, Ryan said we did lots of daily challenges. So, I think you know, from if anything, the engagement was you know the same, if not actually maybe slightly better. What we missed this year, and I think it was probably more of the. I mean, I don't know, maybe this was going on kind of in in after hours, but a lot of the students in the first two some of the shoots that we've ran kind of had quite a good social group form, you know, good friendships formed. And I think they, they spent their evenings and stuff together outside of the, the, the time. I don't know if we had as much of that happening this year. Um, but in terms of the actual session content, I think the engagement during the day was probably you know, the same, if not better. Yeah, I think one of the things that I loved doing the first two years was the fact that you really get to know all the students and you see someone come in the door with not much confidence to going out of the program, seeing them present in such a confident way. I really miss that this year because you just didn't see them as much physically. And sometimes it's just, you know, you seeing how they interact or how they, the body languages and things like that. And you can really notice that difference. But saying that, what I did love about this program is how it's far more inclusive. So we had if I compare it, the second year we did this, we actually had a working mother take part in the program and she had to pull out because her child was sick and she just couldn't make it work. Where this year we had Maureen, who you know is a mother of two based in Scotland, and she said the only reason why she could take part in this program was because it was virtual. Uh, and she's, you know, if it was physically in London, she would have had to have known months in advance to organise childcare. And I just loved that you have a story like that where, you know, Maureen, who also works part time and has two children, was able to take part in this program. And I actually saw her confidence grow throughout the program, uh, which I which even virtually I, I still saw some of that. 
not to go too into kind of like the future of, of kind of work and and but i i do think that when we're talking about like how we want to evolve the network and where we should take the network and we've long talked about you know our ambition of of being you know a global globally reaching network where you know we have different you know, tech ally communities that can meet up in different parts of the countries and different you know different parts of the world hey why not now you know <laughs> like there's literally no barrier to entry now um so I, I really do think that as we think about the future of how we scale the network a lot of our programs will will likely move to having a either a, a kind of complemented by or completely digital experience um and we can we can try and broaden broaden our reach there yeah for sure and uh- what would you say are your key takeaways from the Tech Allies Network? If we take, in, take all the programs into consideration, what are your key learnings? Not being successful or proving, you know, a hypothesis or, you know, or understanding what your audiences want is much more impactful for learning than being bang on right from the beginning. So, you know, we talked about our mentorship. That, it worked because it, it helped us frame the future iterations of how we we want to we want to engage with students. Running a quarterly committee, quarterly um, cross industry academy, was good. But we learned that by having that, you know, much more regularly, we got a better engagement. And therefore, you know, finding True North runs weekly. We learned running a three week long summer insight program, summer institute program, was exhausting and. The students, I think, you could visibly see them be quite tired through the course of it. We've now condensed that into one week, and we're achieving way more in terms of in-depth learning and a much higher engagement in one week than we were in three. So, I think for me, you know, to to, to sum all of that up is, you know, any good any good kind of principles of, of of lean development is that, you know, learn, fail, learn from the failure. You know, try again, adapt, change, and, and continue to iterate. And, and that, for me, is what I've taken away the most from it. That and, you know, it needn't be scary going out and meeting people you've not met before. I think the biggest takeaway for me is the impact of passionate people who want to give back to a community. So it's been such a great conversation starter for, like, I've used. Like, there's certain, like I've just started a new job, and like the new head of the team was just like, Ryan, I know you do this stuff. I want you to bring that into work in some way because I see this activity and it becomes such a great conversation starter that Olivia, one of our committee members, how she came on board was because we met at a a FinTech breakfast session and afterwards we got randomly talking about different things and we spoke about education, how, you know, that digital gap and how do you actually give back to the community and long behold, you know, she's now been a very active member of our committee for, you know, over a year now. And it all started by a random, like, chat at an event. So I think one of my key messages for anyone listening would be, you know, if you, like, give back to your commu- a community in some way, either join an existing community or if there isn't one there, then, you know, be bold and create it. And... Like, I personally got so many friendships out of um, doing all of this work. Like, John, we've, I don't know how many times we've gone out for dinner, how many times we've spoken, both when we've changed jobs, we, you know, we pick up the phone and we give each other advice. Um, I feel like sometimes it's a little bit of a therapy session. And, you know, and that's great. You don't get that 
um, I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for this. So I'm going to leave it there with <laughs> my rant about community. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I was going to try and make a, a joke at Ryan's expense there, but I no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I um, I think, uh, I think, um, I, I completely agree, and of course, you know, that that builds up, builds on all of it, and uh, having the opportunity to to kind of work with and and meet lots of amazing people outside of you know the day to day has has probably been you know on top of the learnings that i mentioned about kind of how to scale something from from nothing to to where we are um you know the that sense of building uh relationships with people is it's, it's been has been amazing and my bank balance may be slightly lower with all the dinners with ryan but uh it's been a it's been a blast <laughs> definitely i think what you've both been doing with this network is truly aligned to this podcast to you know serve others with your unique skills and talents so it's it's great to see and just to finish off how can people get in touch with the tech allies network where can we find you yeah so you can find us uh, on our website techalliesnetwork.org but you can also find us on most of the social media so linkedin facebook instagram twitter uh, if you type tech allies network you will find us and then also on our website you can see all of our, our committee members and like if anyone reaches out to me, I'm very happy to chat. I always, you know, I recommend people, you know, reach out to different people, even through like LinkedIn. But if you do that, like have a message. I hate messages where it's just like, how are you? I'm like, we're not texting your friend here. Like, come with a question, come with an idea. But anyway, that's another rant for another day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the socials, uh, LinkedIn, likewise to Ryan, equally accessible um, for for any questions. Thank you both for joining the podcast today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting us. Uh, I think it's a great thing that you're doing around, you know, service. Uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, it escapes me now. What's that leadership? I've ruined this. You edit this out. <laughs> the, the servant, servant leader. leader. There we go. <laughs> Everything you're doing, Sinner, about servant leadership is great. Thank you. Yeah, I'd completely agree. It's been a pleasure to, to, to come on. Um, so anytime. Thanks, guys. Hopefully this episode has inspired you to create your own community or to join an existing one that is aligned with your passions and purpose. What John and Ryan have accomplished with the Tech Allies Network over the last couple of years is incredible and demonstrates how we can be of service to others through our skills and experiences. We only need to be a few steps ahead to start giving back. You may have heard about the blue zones in the world. They are areas in the world where people live the longest, areas such as Sardinia in Italy, the islands of Okinawa in Japan, and Ikaria in Greece. What contributes to their longevity could be the warm weather, being close to the ocean, and their diet. But a big contributing factor is being part of a community and having a strong sense of purpose. We are hardwired to crave social interactions and everyone living in these blue zones cannot step outside of their household without bumping into someone they know. The data shows that in these blue zones, they tend to drink one to two glasses of wine per day, which increases their lifespan. However, this data can be misleading. It is likely that you are drinking the wine with a group of friends laughing, telling stories, and enjoying each other's company. So it may not be the wine that is necessarily increasing longevity, 
but the social interactions that come with it. Go and follow the TechAlliance Network on their social channels and stay tuned for their upcoming events and initiatives. I'm going to leave all the details in the show notes. We are living in a world today that is experiencing division, but we are stronger when we all come together as one community. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit subscribe so you can get a notification when a new episode is released. Also share it with your friends and family or whoever you think would be interested in this episode. I would really appreciate it if you left a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to reach out to myself, you can find me on Instagram. I'll leave the info in the show notes and I'll see you all in the next episode.